Welcome to my podcast, Only Girl on the Job Site. I'm Renee Beery, an interior designer with a passion for managing construction projects, large and small. My mission is to empower women, both homeowners and interior designers, to manage renovation projects like a pro. My goal in sharing my knowledge and experience from working in the field for the past 29 years will allow you to avoid the mistakes I have seen and go into projects confident and knowledgeable about the industry so that your projects will be as smooth and as successful as possible. Let's talk about the nuances we need to incorporate in our marketing pitches, depending on who we are talking to. This is an important topic that keeps coming up in conversations with the designers like you. So let's break it down to make sure you're getting it right, as you don't always get a second opportunity to introduce yourself, your services, and your firm. And make sure you stick around to the end of this podcast because something exciting is coming in the next few weeks and I don't want you to miss out. Let's get started. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm glad you're here. Like I just said, spring has finally sprung, at least where I live. Now, don't get me wrong, it's not full blown, but you see signs of life that winter is ending and that beautiful colors, which of course is what I always go for, that they're coming and coming on strong. So I hope you are getting a glimpse of spring wherever you are listening to this, because I know I always feel better when spring has arrived. Now, this is coming from someone who has a February birthday, and you would think you would look forward to your birthday month. But I got to tell you, the East Coast, well, specifically the Mid-Atlantic area of the East Coast of the U.S., January and February can be bleak and miserable and just downright unenjoyable. And so, honestly, I don't really look forward to my birthday month while I do enjoy my birthday. It definitely would be more fun to have a spring birthday like my son. He's May 5th, Cinco de Mayo, and everything always just seems fresher and brighter and more cheerful around his birthday than it ever does with mine. So I hope you spring babies are enjoying this and looking forward to a wonderful celebration with all the natural beauty that comes with this time of year. But what I've also started to notice, and I think this is probably normal as well, is that the designers I've been speaking with are chomping at the bit to do some better marketing for themselves. Now, I'm hoping it's because I've been nudging you along the way, but I also think it's because winter is over, people are outside more, COVID seems to be mostly behind us, people are gathering, there's showrooms having activities, there are conventions happening, there's High Point, there was KBiz. Things are feeling pretty much back to normal until you look at, you know, the labor shortages and the supply chain issues and, you know, that kind of stuff. But let's focus on the positive because spring has sprung. So marketing. What I am hearing from a lot of designers is an amazing attempt to kind of spread the word. And that is what I'm constantly trying to get across to you. You can't assume that people understand this niche, renovation management, inside the interior design industry. They just simply don't assume that it's there until you educate them as to the value that our services can bring. Now, one designer said, Renee, don't you get frustrated having to constantly educate people? 
Uh, yeah, of course I do, right? I've been at this for decades now. And while I will admit in bigger cities, it is at least amongst industry partners, designers knowing how to manage renovation projects is a lot more common. And so it isn't as much education required in order to kind of break into that conversation. But trust me, where I live, yeah, everybody assumes that I simply decorate. And Again, I am never putting down decorating as far as a really important component of our industry. It's just that I want to be known to do both, right? And I think that's fair. And I think a lot of you listening are also looking for that. Now, admittedly, in a little sidebar, I've been talking to some designers lately who have gotten the bug for renovation management. Yes, I love that. They want to give up decorating entirely. They're like, you know, Renee, I have found my sweet spot. I'm so much more well-versed. I'm so much more comfortable in the construction aspect of it. I don't want to decorate anymore. And I say, you go, girl, right? Like, that's amazing. And yes, you can create an entire career out of just doing renovation management. I mean, truly, the sky is the limit, as they say. So you really should lean into whatever it is that you find compelling and fulfilling because that is where your success will lie. If you're doing something, as we all know, if you're doing something just because you think you should or someone told you you should, then it's really never going to be successful. Don't get me wrong. You may make a lot of money at it. You may be technically successful, but you'll never really enjoy it. And who the hell wants to do something that they don't want to enjoy? Trust me, this is a crazy ass business. And my girlfriends from design school, we always discuss why the hell are we still doing this? This business will beat you up day after day after day. And we constantly come back to the fact that We love what we do. And yes, it can beat us up. But I promise it doesn't beat us up as much as it once did. Or if it does, it's because I took the hands off the wheel, right? And we all know what that means. Too many projects or you're distracted by other outside things, you know, God forbid, a family or your personal life. That's when things can go wrong. And yes, the projects can beat you up. But like you know, listening to all of these episodes, there is a way to create a balance that you can find satisfying and, God forbid, enjoyable. I promise you, that sweet spot does exist, and you should keep looking for it and keep making changes within your business in order to get there. All right, so one of the ways to get there is to have a steady flow of jobs, right? That makes sense. And again, we've talked about how most designers work in very small firms or on their own, and we are so busy working in our business than we are on our business. And I am guilty, just like all of you, because when a project is going, it is too easy to get sucked into it and tunnel vision right into that project and not realize that, you know, that project's going to end. And hmm, I hope I have something lined up for after that. And you just can't count on the phone ringing. That is a passive way of going about, and frankly, not even called marketing, but it's a passive way of building your client base. So let's get into this marketing bit. I talk about marketing a lot, and I want to make sure that designers are confident in their skills and in their ability to educate people as to the value that interior designers can bring. Because again, we all know the value that we have and can offer to anyone else on the site when we are working in construction, right? What can we bring? We've talked about this in the past. We bring our insight because we are interior designers. We know how the house will flow. We know 
pretty much how people will use certain spaces because we've done it through the decorating side. We know that a change in one room can have a domino effect throughout the rest of the house. We know how to manage people. It's as simple as that. Our people skills have gotten us to where we are. You are simply redirecting them to contractors and vendors that will supply the needs you have in a construction project. And ultimately, we have the ability to work with a client, explain what's going on, tease out exactly what it is they're desperately trying to convey through collage on Pinterest or a hot mess in-house. We can understand and develop an entire design scheme based on that. That is something that contractors cannot do. And frankly, that is something I haven't seen a lot of architects be able to do successfully. So like I just mentioned, waiting for the phone to ring, and that would be a firsthand referral, right? Your client has referred you to their neighbor, their colleague, or their friend. That's a firsthand referral and a great one. But like I said, it's passive. You have no earthly idea when your client will refer you or have the ability to refer you to a friend. So waiting for that, just hoping and dreaming that that is what's going to happen is a terrible way to try to bring on more work. Frankly, out of all the clients I've had in all the years I've worked, I would say a handful of them have actually referred me to projects that have come to fruition. Now, I've heard from lots of their friends and family and colleagues, oh my gosh, it was such a great job, Renee. Oh, you're great. Oh, if only I could work with you. No, I'm talking about actual jobs that materialized into work for me. It's very small percentage, and I don't want you to bank on that. I want you to be proactively reaching out to industry partners in order to get those jobs coming not only now, but in six months from now and a year from now. So if you're just joining me today, you need to know that industry partners are the professionals in the surrounding businesses. So an architect, contractors, builders, they're sort of interchangeable, but I know people use them differently. And then there's realtors. All of those industries have the same demographics you're looking for. They work with homeowners living in apartment or house that might need renovation services. Well, and of course, they may have decorating needs as well. But today we're focusing on the renovation management portion of your business specifically because it is a more challenging sell to one of these industry partners. Because the first thing you have to understand is they will not assume that you can do renovation management. Whether that's fair or not is a different conversation, but that is the reality. If you call someone and tell them you're an interior designer, they will think furniture, furnishings, accessories, maybe selections of hard goods like tile and countertops. But even that is probably secondary, maybe tertiary to what they're initially thinking, which is furniture and furnishings. So knowing that, assuming that, right? I mean, hell, be happy when someone understands that an interior designer can help manage renovation projects. That is the unicorn. And you really want to talk to that person because you've already bridged that gap. But the majority of the people you're going to talk to have no clue that they can lean on you for that service. So we've talked about this in the past. And what I've been hearing lately is that designers aren't sure how to approach the different industry partners because they're right. They are different. 
So you need to finesse your pitch depending on who you're talking to. So first, let's look at these three categories, a realtor, contractor, and an architect. You need to decide what it is that you can offer them that will bring the most value to them and their piece of this puzzle. So for instance, realtors, I personally find them the easiest group to reach out to. They are constantly selling homes, right? That's how they produce their own income. They are constantly client facing. They hear what the clients need. They know specifically if a client is planning on gutting the kitchen or putting on a family room addition or what have you. They also are the industry that already has a go-to list of vendors that they have approved to refer to their clients, right? So if you've bought your house, you know that your realtor can give you an idea for a roofer or a plumber or a landscaper. And therefore, you want to be on that list. That makes perfect sense. But you want to make sure that they understand that you want to be on that list, not just for decorating, because that's a great thing too, but you want to be on it for renovation management. You want to be able to take on those projects that the client has already told the realtor, oh yeah, we want to buy this house, but we hate the bathrooms. Okay, so is that two and a half baths, three and a half baths, four and a half baths? That could be a really meaty project, or it could be a mid-sized project that lasts year after year after year if they do them consecutively. So you need to decide, what is it that a realtor wants to hear from me, and then tailor your pitch accordingly? So for me, I would think a realtor would want to know that you are qualified to do this work. After a home is purchased, they don't have typically a lot of contact with their clients. So they want to make sure that they are leaving them with someone that isn't going to frankly embarrass them or turn out to be a total flop, which again, embarrasses them, or worse, that you are going to screw up the project or take advantage of their clients. They may not actually hear the backlash, but you sure don't want to run the risk that they do. So you want to be able to convince them in whatever way you can that you are worth your salt, you know what you're doing, and you have experience and you can show or share it with them. That would be the best way to explain to a a realtor how you can add value to their list of approved vendors. Now, architects, I would say probably are the hardest to break into because often they either have someone on staff that is, quote, an interior designer, and I use air quotes because they're not always a trained interior designer, Or like my experience, you have architects who really enjoy what we do for a living and therefore don't see the need to hire out. And yes, that's annoying because an architect should really stay in his lane and or her lane and allow an interior designer to stay in our lane. And when an architect sees the value that you can bring, it can be one of the most harmonious relationships ever. And frankly, the projects show it. So when you, again, are reaching out to an architect, you need to establish what does an architect want to hear from me in order to be referred to their projects. Now, since most of us are working in high-end residential, we're talking large budgets, we're talking perhaps complex builds. Maybe that's your angle. Maybe you have experience working in this field and you can show them that through your portfolio or referral. Ask them to call one of your clients and have them explain the project and the value you brought to them. Anything that can give an architect a reason to say, oh, interesting. So while I do enjoy this part of it, if I outsource it to this interior designer, 
I know I can count on X, Y, and Z. And those are the things that you need to create based on your experience and your skill set so that they are confident, again, in giving a referral. Now, I am asked for referrals on a pretty regular basis. One, because I don't take on all of the projects that I am offered. And while I hate to say no, I also am well aware of what I can handle and I won't promise myself for something that I can't actually pull off at the level that I want to provide. So the logical question is, okay, Renee, I understand you're not available. Can you refer me to someone else in your community? That's a tough one. And why I want you to think about that when you are coming up with a marketing strategy for some of these industry partners. So the reason I find it tough is twofold. One, I live in a small enough community that there really are no forums for interior designers to gather and get to know one another. Now, I am about a half an hour south of Philadelphia, and so occasionally I will go up and participate in an ASID event. But I believe I'm one of the only ones from Delaware that goes up to them. So while I'm meeting people in the Philadelphia and mainline area, I'm not meeting people in the Delaware area. And so it is challenging because I might know a name or two, but I don't know their work. And I am not comfortable referring someone to another designer that I just don't know enough about because I want to make sure if I do put that referral out there that they have similar standards, similar qualities, similar values that they would bring to the project. Because frankly, a referral by me is a reflection on me. And that's what you have to keep in mind when you are approaching these industry partners. So if you are, let's say, boosting your skills beyond where they actually are, and it goes south on a project that a realtor referred you to, their client likely will reach back out and say, and you will not get any more referrals from that realtor. So while I'm always trying to boost your knowledge and skills, I don't ever want you to falsely boost them before you have actually achieved and mastered them. It will bite you in the ass. And if you live in a smaller community like mine, that can be a massive detriment to your firm because my town has a long memory, whether that's fair or not, and I don't want to get caught in that trap. So be very careful how you present yourself to these industry partners. Now, I'm not saying you downplay your skills. By no means downplay them but keep them reasonable and keep them correct. And tell them about things you're working on now. Tell them about the skills that you are mastering currently. Therefore, they know you will be able to apply those same skills to their projects if they bring you on board. Okay, so the last category is contractors, contractors, builders. So in my world, in my definition, a builder is someone that builds kind of a community, right? They're, they have maybe three or four different designs and they're not custom built for every client. And to me, a contractor or a construction firm can do both. So sometimes when I'm on these calls with designers, it can get a little confusing because I use builders in a different way than they do. So I will use construction company because frankly, a builder is a construction company or at least a component of the builder's company is a construction leg of it. So I use the term construction company. And that is who I think you should be marketing yourself to in addition to these other two industry partners. It makes sense, right? Obviously, they are doing construction projects and lo and behold, you'd like to be a part of them because of the value you can bring. 
But again, they have different needs than an architect. They have different needs than a realtor. They are not client-facing for the most part. And what I explain to a lot of designers, when they are setting up projects that have a large construction company doing the work, the chances of the supervisor on the project having met the client more than once is slim to nil. Those clients went to the owner of the construction company. They got the whole dog and pony show there. They yucked it up. They actually probably became friendly with the owners of the construction company. But the owners are not the ones that are there day in and day out, hosting the weekly meetings, et cetera, et cetera. Those are the supervisors. And often when the client signs with a construction company, they don't always know who the supervisor will be. It just depends on how busy they are, how many teams they have, et cetera, et cetera. So when you are attached to a project, you likely have much more information about your client than the supervisor does, who is there literally every single day, all day long. Wow, that's an insane value that you can add to a project. So you've got to take a look individually, not just, oh, Renee says, I got to market myself to industry partners. I'm going to put together my pitch and then boom, I'm going to send out all these emails and follow up with phone calls and what have you. It just won't work that way. Or if it does, that's just luck. And I don't want you to lean on luck. I want you to be strategic and I want you to be thoughtful about these different categories that you need to be marketing yourself to. Now, am I expecting you to make, you know, three or four outreaches a month? Hell, I have one of my best friends is in marketing and she said, Renee, if you're not having a lunch, a coffee or a phone call once a week for marketing, you're behind the eight ball. I'm thinking, oh crap, I'm never going to tell her how often I market myself or she will beat me over the head with a two by four, by the way, because, you know, we're on construction sites. My team will tell you, I don't market myself enough. And that is because, you guessed it, I'm working in the business and not as much on the business. Now, am I incredibly better at it than I used to be? Oh, hell yes. I mean, really, hell yes. And even after all these years and 23 of them being here in Delaware, I still need to market myself. I would love to tell you that I just sit back, the phone rings all day long. I'm just constantly saying no thank you to the most fabulous jobs because I have even more fabulous jobs coming down the pike. That just wouldn't be true. And I don't want anyone listening to think that you basically can market for a long period and then just hit pause and it all keeps flowing. Now, on the flip side, do I have to keep marketing the same people over and over again? No. And that is the good news. Once you get a foothold into one of these groups, an architect, a realtor, or a construction company, they do remember you. Now, if you've never done a project, but you, quote, always talked about it, yeah, you're going to have to keep reaching out and remind them that you are still here. So this is a very important topic that really should get the attention that it needs so that you're also not wasting your time thinking you're marketing, but really you're sending out a generic form that doesn't apply to the specific needs that these industry partners really are looking for. And if you're in a bigger town than mine, if your marketing isn't hitting the mark, so to speak, your competitors very well might be. And that is something you really want to avoid. Because while I would tell you that there's constant work and there's so much work for all of us, and that is mostly correct, 
you really want to be in the position of turning down the projects you don't want because they're coming to you first. So take the time. Really focus on what value you can bring to individual partners and go at it from that angle. Now, because I have had the privilege and frankly, the honor of talking to so many designers in the last couple of months, this is actually going to become a new module inside the course because it really is that important. So if I'm telling you it's important and it's going into the course, then I really want you to take a lot of copious notes and start creating better pitches driven directly to the partners you want to build a relationship with. So for those members listening, stay tuned. It's coming in the course, and I will certainly let you know the minute it is live. We're still building it out now. And for those of you not in the course, there is so much more detailed information about marketing that I couldn't even cover in this episode on top of how to run these projects as smoothly as I do. It really is a comprehensive roadmap that will allow you to successfully integrate renovation management into your firm, not only making you a one-stop shop, the envy of your competitors, but also a lucrative income stream to offset and or complement your decorating work. It really is a no-brainer adding renovation management to your firms. Your clients will love you for it because they will only need you no matter what the scope of the project is that they want to take on for however number of years you want to work with them. So like I said in the beginning, I wanted you to stay to the end because I really do have an exciting thing to share. And it also has a lot to do with the calls I've been having with the designers lately. I know I have said this before, but the calls are incredibly meaningful to me. Now, don't get me wrong, the designers leave with actionable steps. Hell, I even was drafting an email response for one designer while we were on the call because she needed to send it out ASAP to get rid of this deadbeat client. And I'm pleased to share that it worked. Thank God she can get a good night's sleep and pop a bottle of champagne getting rid of this awful client. But these calls have also let me know what is going on with so many of you. And what I am learning is how important it is to have conversations with other designers. Now, you may think, oh, it's just the newbies that are calling Renee and asking for advice. And yes, I talk to a lot of designers who are one or two years into the business. I've talked to a couple of designers who are just out of school, God bless them, and they're trying to figure out their next step on the path of this industry. However, I have talked to a lot of seasoned designers, or what you and I would consider seasoned designers. I'm not sure any of us seasoned designers actually would use that terminology, but it is a way to describe the level of experience of designers that I've talked to. Now, you may be thinking, why in the hell would a seasoned designer need to talk to Renee? Well, I'll tell you, and if you've listened to this podcast for a while, you know that I lean on my friends from design school from the way back in the early 90s, and we talk all the time about work, issues we're having, struggles we think are coming, resources we need, ideas and strategies that we have found successful. And the value that that brings to my business as well as theirs is incredible. Not only do we have actionable steps and resolution to problems, 
We have the confidence that others have tried something and it succeeded. And therefore, I should probably try it as well. And so I don't want to ruin the surprise, but there is something coming very soon for those in the course that has been born out of all of these calls. So if you want to know more, make sure you are on my email list, which you can sign up for on the website. That's the best way to be informed. I promise not to spam you. I wish, frankly, I had time to spam people, but I don't. So you will only get valuable emails from me. And frankly, you can unsubscribe at any time if it gets to be too much. And for those members listening, you will be the first the very first, to hear about what's going on in the coming weeks. And I think it will be an incredible addition to the course that you will be very excited about. I know I am super excited about this, and I just know how important it will be to round out the education that is already inside the course. So if you want to be in the course and know even earlier, then jump on my website. All the details on the course, Renovation Management for Interior Designers, are on my site If you have any questions at all, please feel free to reach out to me. I am happy to go over any questions or concerns you may have. But please know the members that are in the course have been sending me testimonials. We've been chatting online and offline. It is an incredibly dynamic group of women who are all striving to become experts in renovation management. And I am telling you, it is a group you want to join. So if you haven't already, start your marketing. And if you have started your marketing, go back, take a very careful look at it. Are you really addressing the needs of the people that you are pitching to? Make whatever changes you need and then start in again. It is truly something that you need to make a priority in your business so that you have clients to continue your business for years to come. As always, I really thank you for your time today. I know how valuable it is, and I know how little time we all have. So it is very humbling when I hear from people about specific episodes. I do actually appreciate it. And funny story, I got an email from a woman who said, I hear you respond to emails, so I thought I'd give it a shot. I got to say, I laughed out loud when I got it. I said, oh my God, do people think I'm a robot? And then, of course, I hit reply. And I said, it's me. I'm live. Here I am. What's your question? And we started a great chat. So I am serious. I do answer emails. I'm sure a few of you are laughing because I've answered several of your emails. But if you haven't emailed me, feel free. I am always available to talk shop because it is what I love and I want you to love it as well. I look forward to our next time together. Thank you for listening today and feel free to join me on social media at Davine Design in order to stay up to date on the latest happenings in my construction world. There is more detailed information on my website for my signature courses for both homeowners and designers, as well as other material to help guide you through a successful renovation project. Make sure to follow my podcast so that you get notifications of new episodes so you don't miss a tip. If you enjoyed this episode, spread the word, leave a review and tell your friends who are starting or are mid project. And thank you again for listening today.